Welcome back, podcast fans. I'm your host, Annette Hines, and this is Parenting Impossible, the special needs survival podcast. This week's topic is um, a very, very popular topic that we absolutely need to be talking about. It's burnout. So uh, I am very excited to be talking today with Dave Greenwood, a good friend of mine, who has been on the show before. In fact, you might remember Dave as my first producer. He was the person who helped me launch the show at the beginning, and I owe him such a debt because I learned a lot about podcasting from him. And Dave has a very popular show himself called Overcoming Distractions and a book by that same name about ADD. It's um, a great show, and I've learned so much from many of his guests. If you haven't listened to it, I definitely recommend checking it out. But let's talk about burnout for a minute. Burnout, uh, definitely something that even if we don't identify it, it I, I feel like almost everybody that I encounter is experiencing it at some level because just the general level of grouchiness out there, and I've talked about this uh, on the podcast a couple weeks ago, has been really up since about last fall. Back in 2020, when we first hit our crisis in the pandemic, I feel like everybody came together. We all needed to work together to, you know, stop the spread. And, you know, there was a lot of camaraderie and we were protecting each other, first our family, then our community, et cetera. Sure, there were a few political factions and things like that. But in general, as a microcosm, our community, especially in the disability community, I saw some tremendous things going on, some real heroic acts, truly. Then as 2020 came around and closed and 2020 started, okay, things were wearing thin. But, you know, in the beginning of 2021, we had Delta and that, that you know, hit real hard and people were still getting sick and dying. So we still were fighting the good fight, the you know, the vaccine was uh, finally introduced. And then there was another come together moment for everybody where we were all getting vaccinated. And there was another big push of community and, and again, come togetherness. But then, you know, that we all started to get really wary, right? Uh, we started to open up and that was good. But not everything was opening up. And there you started to see some real breakdowns because depending on your state and your community and your, you know, where, where you are at, are you in a group home? Are you in a nursing home? Or, you know, where do you work? Do you work for a small company? Do you work for a big company? So the rules were, were not ubiquitous. They were not the same for everybody. And stuff started to really break down. You know, schools were not getting back to normal. 
Are we testing? Are we not testing? And, you know, how is this all going to work? How are we living in this sort of post-pandemic, post-apocalyptic world, if you will? And I, I really feel like after the summer was over, the grouchiness really set in. You've, you know, you've had people who were protesting and um, there, there's just uh, lawsuits and a lot of stuff going on. And I really felt like I was encountering a, a lot of crankiness, um, the, the costs were escalating in my business and in so many people's businesses. It, it was getting harder to just make ends meet. Um, the government supports had gone away. So, you know, that was that. And uh, everybody was feeling that. And um, it's hard to find supplies. I can't get paper. I can't get paper in my office. You know, I mean, it, it's crazy, but like we, we can't get paper. It's like three times the cost and we're waiting for copy paper so that we can print out people's estate plans. Little things like that, you would imagine, um, wouldn't be such a big deal, but it is. And um, yeah, there's just a lot going on. So it it makes things hard for everybody and having to ro- rotate people through the office still and all sorts of things. Um, you know, we definitely feel like we're doing our best, but the the little things um, that happen every day, I feel that people are less forgiving about, you know, um, there's a lot less grace out there for sure. And so again, I was talking about this a few weeks ago in the podcast. Um, and that's, I think, because everybody is just feeling so overwhelmed and so burdened and I get it. And I'm I, I am so sorry that you are going through this. And I'm so sorry that we are all going through this. And we are all trying to feel our way into a new lifestyle. And we haven't quite, at least not all of us, have gotten there yet. I know I haven't. And I know our office is still trying to get into a new rhythm. And so many of my colleagues are. And so many of the people that we work with on an ancillary basis are, you know, the, the group homes and the shared living and the, um, the day programs that still can't get staff. There are programs that are still not open and we can't get clinical teams together. And it's, uh, you know, the courts are struggling and the social security offices still aren't open yet, although they're, they're scheduled to get open now and, you know, so on and so on and so on. And it just goes down the line, right? So, um, yeah, this is a timely, timely topic, timely book, Dave. Thank you so much for doing this work for us and for putting this topic out there and for all of us to talk about it because we need to talk about it. So um, without further ado, here's my interview with Dave. Hope you love it as much as I did. And here we go. Welcome back, podcast fans. I'm your host, Annette Hines, and this is Parenting Impossible, the special needs survival podcast. 
And I am so excited to be back with my friend, Dave Greenwood. Yay! Those of you who have been listening to the show for a long time will remember that when I first rolled out my show, Dave was my original producer. He is my mentor when it comes to podcasting. He taught me everything I know, but don't hold that against him. Truly. Um, And Dave is a very popular author in the space of ADD, ADHD, which we just call ADD or ADHD now. I know we kind of shortened that, didn't we, Dave? Welcome, welcome. I'm so glad that you're back. Now we have to talk about the popular topic of burnout. (laughs) So Dave's got a new... Dave's got a new book coming out and we're going to talk about that. Welcome, welcome, Dave. Thanks for coming back to the show. Well, thank you for having me. And and yes, they actually, it was the late 80s, they extended it to ADHD. But there's so many schools of thought, whether it's ADD, ADHD, uh, distracted, not hyper, hyper, not distracted, blah, 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 whatever. I, I don't, I don't take too much time to actually dissect it. We got ADD. <laughs> I, I just, I can't keep track of all of that. But Dave's really popular book, Overcoming Distractions, was a godsend for me. I loved it. And he's got that same name, very popular podcast. And Dave also does some great coaching work as well. And he's in the multimedia space. He's busy. He's a busy guy. He does a lot of things. Um, But now he's rolling out this book on burnout, overcoming burnout, and it's coming out very shortly, um, about the time that this podcast actually airs, because we are taping sooner than the podcast podcast airs, um, the book should be rolling out. And, you know, Dave, I don't think I need to ask anybody this, but what is burnout? Let's talk about that. What does burnout mean to you? Well, it's it's interesting. I'll give you that quick, you know, kind of reason why I'm doing this is because I I I finally realized I was going through burnout, but didn't kind of fully recognize it. I was, you know, we're all living through this pandemic and mm. we're all busy. We all brought our businesses into our homes and we have people we're taking care of. And I was always I was just pulling the covers over my head in the morning and you know didn't want to get up and I'm always tired no matter how much sleep I got. And I was saying casually, literally for months, like I'm burnt out. I'm burnt out, you know, cause I was tired. And then I really took a step back and said, no, I'm burnt out. And to kind of answer your question, I mean, burnout comes when we're physically and mentally exhausted. Like I said, we you could get 10, 12 hours of sleep. You still wake up your beat, you know, um, we can't think, and for everybody in the ADD world that's listening, we get that way anyways, but just bring it to another degree where we just have trouble making decisions and we just, you just can't get through the day. And another thing, which I think many people may resonate with, and I'm a wise guy anyways, this goes back to my restaurant days, dealing with various types of people, but we get cynical. So we start to actually kind of despise our situation. We despise the people around us, um, you know, and, and it's just, and we become disconnected. We become disconnected from uh, not only our work, 
but but even our people around yeah. us sometimes we just and and if you can kind of resonate with those those kind of symptoms or characteristics then you may be either heading towards burnout or already there interesting i mean this is the perfect time to be talking about it and i agree with you that we kind of throw those terms out casually right i mean oh i'm so burnt out oh yeah you know i'm on overwhelm i say that all the time I'm so overwhelmed i don't you know but well, you know, I, I'll, I'll give an example is yeah. I, was, I was reaching out through various channels to find people. I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm writing the book because I really couldn't find anything that satisfied my needs. I was really looking for, you know, God bless the therapists and the doctors and, and everybody else. But I was really looking for street smart advice on how people went through burnout and recovered because everybody's situation is different. But while I was reaching out through channels and I would get these responses saying, oh yeah, well, I, I worked a couple of really hard weeks. And what I did is I, I, I finally just took a weekend off and drank some water and came back <laughs> Monday morning. I'm like, that ain't what I'm talking about. I'm yeah. talking about people who are at the end of their rope and further. And, and that's what I found in this. I found people that had significant health issues as a result of burning out so Mm -hmm. well so what what's been going on in you know in our world in the adult disability world or you know the kids and families with disability world is that the lines are so blurred right now I mean you know you mentioned like hey rolling out of bed in the morning but here's the thing there's no for the longest time, there was no classroom. There was no, there's no work e- even anymore. A lot of people are still working from home. Um, there's even still the threat of school at home. And, and there are a lot of people who are still doing that. And so the day just doesn't have these natural stop and starts. Everything is just ongoing and um, we never recovered after this, after the pandemic. I mean, we're, we're still sort of in it, but things haven't gone back to before where we've, you know, everybody keeps saying, oh, we're in the new normal, but this new normal is we work all the time. School is blurry Um, there's no, you know, school day ends here after school programs here, everything is just gray. And that means people aren't getting natural breaks. People aren't stopping and then having their family time. There's no weekends anymore. Like it's all just blurred together. And that's at least what I'm seeing. So can you comment on that? Yeah, and I think that that's an interesting point because I would have to say most of the people I've interviewed now for the book, which is probably upwards of 15 or 20 people who actually went through significant experiences with burnout, is that there was always kind of something else going on. It, it, wasn't, it usually wasn't the case where somebody was just working their butt off 10 or 12 hours a day, or they were in a culture of, you know, hustle in the corporate world. 
there seemed to be always kind of something else in the background. And I think for people listening to your podcast, I think they can relate. There was either, um, you know, caregiver reasons, or maybe somebody just had a baby or they had kids, or like you say, you know, now they're working at home and they have kids at the dining room table and they're trying to learn. Um, there's technology issues. There's, this is, you know, and like you said, you know, even before the pandemic, they have, people always used to kind of say, you know what, if you're going to work from home, make sure that you have it in a space that is just work. Otherwise, you're just going to, you're going to be jumping on your computer 12, 15 hours a day. And I think we kind of lost that during the pandemic. I, I think for me, where, you know, I have a son with autism, he was entering a new school. Um, he's sitting at the dining room table, uh, trying to, trying to learn, staring off into space. <laughs> okay. I have an 89 year old father who was requiring more of my time. Um, and then I came down with frostbite on my feet, you know, and I'm trying to run a business. So all these things happened at the beginning of the year that just kind of kind of was just like a cloud hanging over me. And, and yeah, I'm trying to run a business in my house. And that's why I say, I think there's always something else going on rather than just, you know, a, an aggressive kind of hustle culture in the corporate world. Yeah. There's been a lot written about that hustle culture too, that, you know, that's just a, uh, that's just not where it's at anymore, you know? Um, so you mentioned in the book that there are a lot of um, common habits that we, you know, we contribute to or bring to our burnout. And um, this is definitely something that we can relate to in the disability community, especially as caregivers. Um, and, and one of those was the inability to say no and set boundaries so that's something that you explored. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, and and you know, I it's a hard lesson for us. We always want to blame outside forces for maybe our mental health challenges or our work cultures that we're you know forced to work in and what have you. But I think every single person I have talked to, when we dug into it, we realized that they did not set the proper boundaries in their professional as well as their personal life. And one person said to me that, that we are the co-founders of our burnout. It's not always that we needed to work 15 hours a day. It, it, was, our, it was our inability to say no to certain things, say no to ourselves, um, and to set boundaries and say, no, I'm not going to work this weekend. No, I'm not going to hop on an airplane every weekend and fly to another country to meet with a client for two hours and come right back. Um, it, it, it's, it's any number of things. It's, you know, I'm not going to be your customer service rep for 15 hours a day. Uh, I need a day off. And when we dug into it, you know, with, with several people, we realized that, that that was a major 
major contributor is that we did bring a lot of the characteristics of burnout on ourselves, whether we like it or not. It's a hard pill to swallow, but um, we bring it on in our commitments. Um, I've committed to things with clients and with other people, maybe volunteering in the community where I knew I didn't have the time, but I didn't want to say no. Maybe I was afraid somebody wasn't going to like me or what have you. And I didn't say no. But when I said yes, then I couldn't follow through on the commitment. I felt worse. I got stressed out. I looked bad because I didn't, I wasn't true to my word. Right. And, and this whole cycle of stress just, just set in. So, um, so I think one of the things that people, and it's, it's a hard thing to do, but one of the things I think people need to do when they realize they're burned out is to look at the boundaries they're setting, take a hard look at it, hit the pause button and, and figure out uh, where they're allowing other people and forces to control their life and their time and their days. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. It, it, it's even true when it comes to family commitments too, though, because as much as our family needs us and we can't really say no to our family obligations, whether it's our kids, our aging parents, our siblings that, you know, depend on us, whatever the case may be, there, there still are boundaries that we can set and we do still have to care for ourselves. And, you know, we don't have to sign up for that 15th extra thing. And there are ways to make sure that we're carving out all of all of the things that need to be met in a day, in a week. Right. And there's sure. something as simple as, like, for example, I, I bring up my father and he'd probably kill me if I was talking about him. So. <laughs> <laughs> we won't tell him. I'm sure he doesn't listen to this podcast. <laughs> I don't think he knows what a podcast is, but <laughs> so we're safe. But, I, but, you know, he, he's, he, he doesn't drive. Uh, for for various reasons, and he's got to go to a doctor's visit. So for me, I've kind of taken that over. Where if he's got to go to a doctor's visit, I talk to the doctor and I set the appointment. So I look at my schedule, um, and I see where I can fit it in. And to an even greater degree, I make sure I get the absolute latest appointment in the day possible. Because if I you know, if I have to interrupt my day at 11 a.m. to go drive and take somebody somewhere, forget it. My day's completely trash because, as we discussed, I'm ADD and I can't get going again. Right. So I got to make sure I get what I get, what I'm able to get done in the course of a day. And then, yeah, okay, yeah, two o'clock, I'll go pick up my father and we'll go to a doctor's appointment or something like that. At least I was able to work. But interrupting my day not only completely destroys my train of thought and my ability to have any type of productivity, but it stresses me out because I just backed up productivity 24 hours and I'm just waking up stressed out the next day. Yes, yes, absolutely. I think that makes a lot of sense. And, you know, many people would just say, okay, you know, take whatever appointment the doctors give them or the office gives them or, you know, I don't want to step on my father's toes. I'm going to let my father make the appointment. 
and let him be independent and that sort of thing. So that's, that's a great way to do it. You know, you just have to set that boundary. Like I, I need to take you because you need me to drive you. Then we have to do this on my terms so that it's not as inconvenient for me. Yep. You need to take control. That is the only way if you're exhausted, burnt out, the only way that you're going to pull yourself out of that is if you take control of it. And 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 I've seen, I've seen parents do this with, you know, after school activities or extracurricular activities. Your kids don't need to have five. They can do one or two things so that you're not driving everywhere all over the place and messing with your work schedule or your ability to make it everywhere you need to make it if you have you know three kids for example um and nobody's enjoying being in the van for four hours in the afternoon going from here to there to here to there so there's all kinds of burnout yeah you end up being a person that you don't want to be you end up being the person that you don't like anymore and that's a horrible place to be. So um, you, uh, you also talked a little bit about the people pleasing. I know you just touched on that a little bit. Um, let's talk about that a little bit more because I know that I definitely fall into this category. How can we overcome that feeling of wanting to be liked and want, not wanting to say no because people have expectations of us, though? I think, and I've used this this example more times than I can remember on my podcast, is that those of us who grew up with a different brain, ADHD, uh, you know, you went to law school, I could have never gotten through that. But for me, I went to welding school. <laughs> it's just, you know, I'm sorry. I just, I came home with more bad report cards than I, than, than, than I had room in the folder for, okay? But that wears on you. And, and I'll use that as an example, is that, you know, we were, you know, I, I grew up in, in the time where we got punished for the, the bad report cards. They didn't mm-hmm. understand my brain or our brains. So we spend years and years trying to make people happy because we have disappointed people mm-hmm. year after year growing up. So, and, and that's what I mean. You've almost, you've almost taught yourself that your go-to place is to please everybody. So, and, and it does kind of come back to boundaries or saying no, but it's just another way of saying it is that, you know, uh, clients calling you at all hours of the day or, you know, your boss texting you at nine o'clock on a Sunday night right. to make sure that you have this report done on, on, on their desk by Monday morning and you say, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and do it. You know, I mean, I I think we need to take a a hard look at how we people please, why we people please, and kind of go back to to setting those boundaries. Um, And if you're in a place where you absolutely have to please others around you all the time, then I think, think you need to take a hard look at your situation. 
there's a chapter in the book I call burn the boats. And sometimes you need to walk away. And I know that's not simple as it sounds. Oh God, no. Yeah. You you can't just, but in terms of a career, you need to take a hard look and say, you know what, can I do this anymore? Can I, can I, can I get what I need personally out of this situation or career or job or industry? And if I can't, you know, when it requires me to always uh, be people pleasing, then I think you need to analyze that situation and make a decision. Yeah, I honestly am experiencing that moment right now in my life where, um, you know, things get real hard um, and there's so much you want to do, but there's just not enough hours in the day and there's not enough people to support your dreams sometimes. And one thing about ADD people, we dream big, but our execution, not so much. Sometimes, you know, that's not true for everybody, but it's a common theme with people that I've met like me. And um, it, it can be so frustrating, Dave, so frustrating. And I, I it really makes me want to give up. Yeah. And I think you need to look at why, why did I say yes to this situation? What prevented me from saying no? What's, what's the worst that could happen if I said no? I mean... There's, I I will throw this disclaimer out right now. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a therapist. I'm not anything closely related to that. But some of the people I talked to went through a process of what they call cognitive restructuring, and you know a lot of people are probably familiar with that. But you, you analyze the situation. You know, I I got to say no to this request from my boss or my client. And you look at past behavior. Did my boss ever yell at me in the past for, you know, maybe sticking up for myself? And if no, then what's preventing you from doing it here? So you kind of walk yourself through the situation of, of what's the worst that could happen, you know, and is it actually true? Wow. So Fascinating. Yeah. Well, along those lines, let's talk about that. I mean, Yes, you're not a therapist. Yes, you're not a clinician. Um, but you did do all these interviews. And let's talk a, a little bit about what you found out. What can burnout ultimately do to someone from from your interviews, from from what you um, talked with people about? You know, where does this all lead? I've had people who had substantial digestive issues that went from one doctor to the next to GI specialist. So some of the best medical facilities in the world went through a battery of tests and blood work and found nothing. I had a woman who had a miscarriage because she worked herself so hard that, 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 that was the result. Mm -hmm. And now she actually has the inability to get pregnant again. Wow. I had a guy who um, who had a heart attack, and he tells the story of before they gave him the anesthesia on the operating table, the doctor looked over and he goes, you should be dead. He worked himself almost to death, and the list goes on. Um, the What I have found is that the body begins to tell you 
you're burned out. So you get a stomach ache, you get constant headaches. Maybe you're exhausted. Um, maybe you have some unexplained thing going on with your body. And then you start to get mentally exhausted. You're tired. You're exhausted by three o'clock in the afternoon. You're going to bed early. You, the alarm goes off. You pull the covers over your head. You can't get up. You're exhausted an hour after you get up. And then that goes back to the body again. And it gets worse. Mm -hmm. So your body's saying, all right, listen, you're burned out. You got to take a break. You're going to make some changes. Nope. We're going to, we're going to now attack your mental health. Oh, you're still not listening. All right. We're going back to the body. And this is kind of the same scenario that I've encountered with just about everybody that I have talked to. And when they implemented certain strategies, for some crazy reason, some of these physical symptoms went away. Wow. We, we, I, I'm not going to discount a physician, a specialist in any area of, of medicine, but i got to tell you, <laughs> there's a lot of physical health symptoms that when you really kind of dig down, stress is one of the driving factors. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. I know that I've driven myself to, um, to huge um, physical symptoms many times as a caregiver, particularly. Um, but also to, you know, just from worry, just from worrying about things. I'm a worrier anyway, um, but it's been such a cycle in my life that I go through um, and I, I just can't seem to break it. And these last two years, like we're almost at the two year mark now with all of this, I'm just going to say it crap <laughs> that's been going on and you know, I, I just, uh, I've just made a decision that it's over for me. I'm, I'm done. And unless I am 100% forced to, you know, deal with pandemic um, lifestyle things, like you make me wear a mask, I'll wear a mask. You make me do something, I'll do it. But otherwise, I'm not living a pandemic lifestyle anymore. That's just me everybody, you do you like, uh, you know, I absolutely have always been that way. Um, but for me, it ha it's no good anymore. I can't, I can't worry. I can't stress about getting sick. You know, it's that stress of worrying about getting sick is making me sick. So I can't no, do that and, anymore. And, and, and that's the problem. And I'm in the same camp as you. It's just like, I'm done every single freaking decision you need to make during the course of your day, somehow COVID is dictating how you're going to do that. It's how you're going to go to the store. It's, you know, my snowblower blew up the other day. So the neighbor comes over and clears the front of my driveway, but you all this, now you're talking to your neighbor outside and you're like, crap, is he breathing on me? <laughs> it's just like, it gets down to that. It's just like, I can't let COVID control every single situation. It stresses you out. And that's why I go back to, when you're burned out, there's, there's other things that are, you know, there's other spokes to the wheel that just, you know, it's taxing your mental health system. You know, you've only got so much capacity to think about yeah. things that are bothering you. So, and if you took up 30% with COVID, you've only got 70% to, 
right? Take care of your loved ones and do your work and take care of yourself. So true. And, and, you know, as you mentioned, there are so many people that listen to this podcast that are in the same boat that you are. They're caregiving for children, adult, adult children with a disability. Maybe they have a disability themselves. They might be in that sandwich generation like you. They may have an elder parent that they're caring for. Maybe they have a sibling they're caring for. Um, you know, if they have their own issues, then, you know, those challenges are front and center. So there's just a lot going on. I mean, throwing COVID on top of all of that is just too much. It's too much. It's drowning us. I want to get to what we're going to do about this, because I know that you've been looking at this. And you know what, frankly, in this podcast in the last three years, We've been talking a lot about what are the tips that we can all use to live a better, more fulfilling life. And that's what I'm all about. So we use experts like you. We use storytelling. That's part of what you do as well. Um, and, you know, this is what we're all about. So, you know, how can people begin to recover from the burnout that they feel. Let's talk about that a little bit. And then let's talk about how we prevent this from happening again. Everybody has tackled this differently. They were either forced to shut down, like, mm -hmm. you know, my friend there who had the heart attack. Um, or they were forced oh, sure. To, you know, that stops you in your tracks, right? I mean. Yeah. And you know what? The last thing you want to do is let it get to that point. Um, because, you know, talking to the caregivers, listening to this podcast, you still have responsibilities. And if you're all of a sudden, you go and have a heart attack and you're in the hospital for a month, you got a huge problem there. So I think take a page from my book. And if you're exhausted and you're saying to yourself, I'm burnt out, I'm burnt out, you're probably burnt out. So don't let it, don't let it go any longer. You have to slam on the brakes or at least pump the brakes. But one of the first chapters in my book is do these five things. And I want people, before I get into these stories and some of the more nitty gritty of how to kind of restructure their life, I want people to just hit the pause button and do these five things. And you may think I'm nuts, but hear me out. I do think I want, you're nuts, but I'm going to listen to you anyway. What are the five things? The first thing I want people to do is I want you to throw on a pair of sweatpants and I want you to just go to the gym. Okay. Just go to the gym, go get on a treadmill for 30 minutes, go, uh, you know, do a bunch of machines, do something, go to the gym for a half hour, 45 minutes. Just Okay. Disappear. But if you're afraid of COVID, you can go for a walk outside. Exactly. Exactly. Which um, is what I do. Yeah. Not that I'm afraid of COVID, but my husband and I love to go for a walk outside with our dog. Yeah. So if that's and, your thing, go for a 30 minute walk outside, even if it's really cold out. Cause in new England here, it's so cold right now. It's like seven degrees. Yeah. But you're, you're absolutely right. Do something, just go work out, take a walk, exercise, walk around get the physical. lake. Just yeah. get physical. Yeah. yeah. The okay. Thing, so that's number one. Yeah. The other thing is I want people to just sit still 
for 30 minutes, not in the place you work, not at the dining room. Go find a room that is quiet, no TV on, nothing. Just sit there for 30 minutes, okay? Because I think when you just kind of can calm down for a few and think things through, and many of us do not take five minutes for ourselves. So make a commitment to just hit the pause button, sit still for 30 minutes, just think things through, okay? I'm not even telling you I, I got to tell you a story about that. Well, first of all, for those of you with ADD like us, that's hard to do. First of all, it's yeah. hard because your brain's very busy and 30 minutes is a long time. Um, but yesterday I had a really hard day. Um, there was there was a lot of uh, drama going on during the day. And I decided that I really needed to get out. I was going to go for a walk, but it was kind of a cold day. So I ended up going for a drive instead. Yep. Put my phone aside and I turned on the music in the car. And I just I drove around for 20 minutes and I just kind of listened, listened to some music. And I just, um, I just needed to relax and think. You know how long it's been since I just sat by myself? It's been just so long. And that was really good because, okay. well, we haven't been in our cars for a long time, for one thing, you know, but that that's really great advice. You know, it's funny you mentioned that. And again, I have added responsibilities with my father. He lives 45 minutes from here, but I do take him walking at least once a week. And that's what I do. I don't put on a podcast. I don't put on the news. I have to drive for 45 minutes to my father's house. Mm. I put on some really loud rock and roll music (laughs) and I drive to my father's house. It's an escape. So yeah, you know, call it what you will, but just get, get out of your regular surroundings for even a few minutes. So I wanted to get the meditation yet because uh, like you say, some people just might have a hard time with that, but I don't uh, know. Yeah. Even if you don't call it meditation, if you can just like Dave says, sit quietly or, just listen to some music or just be with yourself. I think that's great advice. You know what? I, your- I, I, let me just add to that real quick. And then I'll go on to the next one is, you know, when we used to go to like networking meetings or other things in Boston, I used to go in a parking garage and down in Boston, I would drive down to the bottom level because do you know how quiet it is when mm. you're like, you know, three, four, five levels in a parking garage, like you're like in the ground. It is so quiet. And if you think I'm crazy, try it. It's dead silence. Oh. <laughs> wow, so. I can't remember the last time I did something like that. But the next thing, book a weekend away. And again, I know for the caregivers that might be difficult, but kind of figure out a way to do that. Book a weekend away. It doesn't matter where it is. You know, go book a hotel for a hundred bucks a night, you know, in a place that isn't a tourist attraction. Just get out of your surroundings just for a little bit. Just book a weekend away if at all possible. Um, The other thing, and I know you had uh, Sarah Rife hacking on, I think Mm -hmm. recently, but people don't make the connection to this, but you've got to, and I can't give a time management lesson here. But you've got to make the commitment to get better with time management, okay? And one of the things people need to do is just, again, pump the brakes, 
maybe sit there at their desk with their Google Calendar or their Gmail or their Outlook or whatever, and just take a look at what you have going on during the week and figure out a way where you can make things work. I'll give you a couple quick examples. I block out entire days. I block out Mondays. I, 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 it, it's been forever. I'm not one of those guys who gets up and go, yay, Monday, I'm going to go hustle my butt off. And it's Monday, you know, I hate Mondays. And I can't even get my brain engaged till 12 o'clock or one in the morning or one in the afternoon. So I finally said, you know what? I'm making an all day calendar invite to myself and I block off Mondays. That doesn't mean I don't work. And it doesn't mean I can't book something if I don't want to. But Monday is my buffer day because Sometimes I just bang my head against the wall and you got to take a look at that. You got to take a look at your personal commitments. I take my father walking one day a week. It's in the calendar. I invited my wife. She knows that I'm going to take my father mall walking on this day. Um, you know, and then you surround the other things around you. Mm -hmm. So, but you've got to, you've got to get better with time management. And if it's working with somebody like Sarah or buying a book or buying a course, or just taking a step back, because the the more you let your time uh, get out of control, the worse your burnout is going to get. Yeah, personally and professionally. Um, we talked about saying no, and I think it's a huge thing. Just practice saying no to one thing this week. Just do it. it uh, be, yes, yes. Just just say no to one thing. You know, if you're tired and your friends are going to ask you to go out for a beer on Friday and you say, you know what, I'm just tired. Maybe I just want to sit there and grab a couple beers and sit in my recliner and punch up Netflix. Do it. You don't have to go out. Say no. Go out next weekend. Um, you know, say no to yourself. Saying no to yourself could be something as simple as you see your phone. You're going to go check Facebook while you're trying to work. Pull your hand away. Say no to yourself. <laughs> You know, I mean, and get used to feeling bad about that for a little while, because all of these habits take a while to get ingrained. You know, you have to just keep keep at it. You have to keep practicing before they become they become part of you. Yeah, this is not you're not going to miraculously pull yourself out of burnout overnight. It takes people many months, many critical decisions, many life-altering decisions, and a lot of uh, internal thinking and self-awareness to, to pull yourself out of it. It's not easy to pull yourself out. You've got, mm -hmm. to, you've, you've got to take a hard look at yourself, and you've got to swallow some hard pills. Yeah. I don't know how else to say it, but I mean, you can't keep going on like this. There are ways around it. It is really challenging. Something I struggled with really pretty much my entire adult life, still struggling with it today. Said no to a good friend this week, felt extremely guilty about it, ended up calling and basically begging for forgiveness. So it wasn't a very successful no. <laughs> going to keep trying it. I'm going to keep trying that. I'm going to keep working on that skill set. And uh, I hope that all of you will as well. 
Well, you, you know, you, as usual, you as a caregiver need to take care of yourself. That you've yeah. probably talked about this more times in the podcast than than you can remember, but it, it, it's cliche. But if you don't take care of yourself, you're not going to be able to take care of other people, and you you know you, you need to be around. So um, I'm. I know I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep at it and I'm going to, you know, I draw my strength from all of you out there who are part of our, part of our group, part of our team, part of our, our community. And, you know, as caregivers, we, we can't just walk away. You know, we, we are needed like Dave says. And so we have to keep getting better at this because, we don't want to be that person in the hospital for a month or God forbid, not here anymore. We have to stay strong and we have to keep going. Um, those are great tips, Dave. Do you have any last minute advice or uh, as usual, I've like run long on my podcast. I always do. <laughs> I always find That's so much fault, to talk sorry. to you about. <laughs> um, but what do you think? Any last minute tips or final things that you want to leave the audience with? I, I think I just kind of said it is that you you need a certain amount of self-awareness to okay. to be able to pull yourself out of this. You've got to, if that's with yourself, if it's talking to your spouse, a trusted friend, if you need a therapist or you even need somebody more mechanical, such as a coach, somebody mm-hmm. who, who, you know, who just can kind of keep you accountable to yourself, restructure how you operate on a daily weekly basis um there are uh, you know there are there's trauma involved and i've talked to everybody who's gone through trauma therapy all the way to just coaching to get themselves out of burnout but uh, again a certain amount of self-awareness is going to go a long way you've got to just look inward and figure out how you got here and how you're never going to go there again well, Dave, this is great. I'm so excited for your book to come out, Overcoming Burnout. I will devour it the minute it's here. It's coming out in early February. And um, I know you don't have an exact date yet. You're finishing up the final final edits right now. And mm-hmm. I'm really looking forward to it. So I will post uh, all of the details once it's released and we'll connect all of our listeners to it. And hopefully everybody will run right out and buy it for you. So thanks again for being on the show, Dave. I really appreciate it. And I hope you have a great day. Thank you. And thanks for bringing awareness about this uh, important topic in our lives. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. I just wanted to take a second to say how much I appreciate you taking the time to listen to these podcasts. I'm having a blast doing them, and I hope that you're finding the content to be what you were really hoping. If you are, please take a second to leave a rating and a review. It's so helpful in getting this content out to people who really need to hear it. Thank you so much.